On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we talk about Lamar's magic running dry, even though he got really wet. And we run through the stars who scored, like DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs. But mostly we go through the rando dudes who scored, like Colin Thompson and Pharaoh Brown and Durham Smith. Smythe? Durham Smith? Who are these people? We will tell you who to pick up and who to leave in obscurity. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From supercharges, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Viore. If you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear, then I have two words that will change everything. Viore clothing. This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts, just like a really nice pullover comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable. You'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounge around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I dot com slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. We are coming to you on Sunday night. Yeah, that's right. We just finished watching Sunday Night Football. The Patriots just beat the Ravens in a hurricane, a monsoon. I don't know. There was a lot of water. It was like an aquarium. I think it was the rainiest game I've ever seen in the NFL. It started pissing. Well, I feel like a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about how you can't see rain on TV, which is kind of weird. And then today, you could see the rain on the TV. Especially during that final drive when uh, Lamar was trying to lead the Ravens back on like a, you know, the final minute or whatever. It was just like, there was no way in hell that was ever going to happen. It just, they didn't even get close. There's no, oh, and, like, and now Michaels up. was like, oh, and there is uh, Chris Collinsworth was like, this is the heaviest the rain's come down all night. <laughs> but did you guys have a takeaway from this game other than like water related takes? I think it's Lamar's continued average play. Yeah. Ooh. I think he's my, might be the most disappointing fantasy player of 2020. Other than like, what about the monsoon? The monsoon doesn't change your feelings on this? No, because it's not. I mean, he, Lamar played better today than he did in, when there wasn't a monsoon last week. Like, <laughs> That's a good point. Like, he's, he was the QB 12 going into this week, and he'll probably be like 11 or something after this. But DK, people drafted Lamar 17th overall. Overall. Right, right. This year. Does he even touch that in the 2021 fantasy circuit? <laughs> Where, where does he go in 2021? He might, no, not even close. I mean, well, I'll give you this. He was t- drafted outside the top 100 in 2019, which is he closer which one's he to? Closer like to? Second oh. round or 11th round next year. <laughs> I bet you he's like a QB 
six or seven, seven or next eight. year? Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, I mean, look, honestly, we talked about this before the season, right? We talked about him regressing to the mean and a lot of things, especially touchdown rate. Um, I think it's been much worse than anyone maybe even expected or even could have dreamed it would be. I think it's just, and and when we say worse, it's all relative, obviously. Like, it's not like he's playing terribly, but when you're the, well. you're the reigning MVP, you're the reigning MVP the reigning of like fantasy football. R- the R-A-I-N. Oh, oh. That might have to be the title of this episode. But I mean, but and to be where he is now, like honestly, I'm looking at the the stats right now from uh, Fantasy Pros in terms of week one through week nine, and Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson have the same amount of fantasy points, basically. Um, yes, here's coming a, that's in, not regression. So this week, this week Lamar did better, so he's going to move ahead of him. But like, think about the narratives. Like everyone thinks Wentz sucks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know when I mean? he's having a terrible season. And the reg- <laughs> all right, here's the thing. Reg- this is not regression. Regression was is like Lamar Jackson threw a touchdown pass in 2019 on like one out of every 10 throws. And that is like borderline impossible to repeat through no fault mm-hmm. of his own variance, blah, blah, blah. This is not regression. This is the Ravens. Offense is worse. Their skilled players are playing worse. Their play callers are worse. The coaching seems worse. It's not like just mathematical probabilities, blah, 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 like my eyes glaze over. It's like Greg Roman is out there on fourth and one, the offensive coordinator. And like, we're going to go spread set. Mark Ingram will take a shotgun snap in the pouring rain. And Why would you ever do Wildcat when you have Lamar Jackson at quarterback? Right? It's just and, like, bizarre. That's the point. I think Jason LaConfora <laughs> uh, pointed out that like he was just overthinking. I thought that was the perfect example yeah. of just the Ravens offense. I don't want to pretend to know why is what or what exactly is going wrong here. There was certainly, I think it's a combo of defenses are adjusting better to what they did last year. And DK, you wrote a whole piece about this in the offseason about how the Ravens have to counterbalance to like you have to get ready for the prep for the how teams counter you. They just don't seem ready at all, whether they're overthinking it or they haven't developed the downfield passing game. That was part of what we thought was going to be a huge thing with Marquise Brown this year. Like, yeah, why do the Ravens kind of suck now, DK? <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think it's it's always very difficult, like you said, to live up to the expectations that they set last year. Like it was like a perfect storm of perfect for them last year. Um, everything storm. that they did was just so on. Wow, point. a lot of weather puns today. And oh wow, jeez. And then so, anyways, but like now, it's that's why it's such a this is a, such a perfect example of why it's so difficult to recreate those types of seasons in the NFL. Like. Like you said, teams are catching up. I think to to ways they studied him all off season, come up with ways to like mitigate his skill set, mitigate what he does best. No, but can you elaborate on what that means? Because that's more interesting with Lamar than anyone else in the NFL. What do you mean? Like, what are they doing to stop him? Well, I don't. I, I, you know, I'd have to like dig into the all twenty two and stuff. But like off the top of my head, you know, it's like. I mean, aren't they aren't they just stacking the box and and making him? That's the thing. Like they're just stifling the run, making him throw. And DK just said making him throw to the outside, which he's not as good at. But like, I think this is really interesting because it's a rare case where Lamar is not a worse player. It's the coaching, right? Isn't it strictly just the coaching is why Lamar is suffering the most this year? It's the play calling. I think that's part of part it. of that. I, I think that yeah. he's he, since he was in college. The book was he was not a strong thrower outside the hash. That's still true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's that skill. It's not that that's an issue, but at the NFL level, it's not like an above average skill he has. And they didn't really go out and get receivers that are really good at getting it. It's not like they have Devontae Adams on this team. Marquise Brown is not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, 
Miles Boykin doesn't seem great. Devin Duvernay doesn't like that. Willie Sneed is like the second best guy they have over, yeah. after Marquise yeah. Brown. Like, who's actually getting open on the boundaries, or is it just I don't know? Or am I off the mark here, DK? No, I think that's part of it. They they you know they didn't make big upgrades in terms of the offensive skill players over the offseason. In fact, they got rid of Hayden Hurst. Not that he was like the key to everything, but like you know. Um, and then I think the other thing, that, and, and we we're having this discussion a few weeks back on Twitter, and and. I apologize. I don't remember the person who chimed in and said this, but um, someone on Twitter chimed in. And I thought it made a lot of sense. Is like last year, if you remember, on a lot of like the read option stuff that they were doing, where they were either Lamar would hand off and and they'd have the running back dive up the middle, or Lamar would keep it and go up the middle. Those runs were getting like legitimately eight, nine, ten, eleven, eight, seven, nine, eleven. Like just they were bam, like chunk bam, bam, plays, bam. but they were chunk yeah. runs. The way other teams get chunked, and they passes. were they were creating a ton of explosive plays with the run game, and this year, you know, they lose Marshall Yonda, they lose Ronnie Stanley to an injury. Yonda retired. Stanley Hall got of hurt. Famer to be and potentially one day a Hall of Famer. So it's like you remove these little pieces of what was like this finely tuned instrument, and all of a sudden things are just not. They don't look the same. And I think when when they don't have those chunk plays from their running backs, when they don't have as many chunk plays from Lamar as a runner, um, that affects everything, and and so and it, it changes the way that teams are playing them and stuff like that. So I don't know. It, there's it's so it's very complex. We expected it. We expected the, the the Ravens wouldn't be as good. I don't think we expected this this big of a difference though. It's no, kind of like I, the main overarching point. I think I think that's a good point about the offensive line being worse. This was the team that set the record for rushing yards in a season in modern history. And rushing yards per attempt in a season in modern history. Losing, and and losing what, does it kind of just seem like they've thought we we're just going to do that again? They're like, yeah, we're just kind of the exact same thing. <laughs> if you ask me to put it down to like, what is one sentence, what is going wrong here? It's that the 2019 Ravens targeted their tight ends more than any team in NFL history, got rid of one of those tight ends this offseason, and didn't really add any good pass catchers. And now like they can't pass well, and it's shocking. So it's you like, think well, it's a supporting cast issue? Mainly, they leaned on their wide receivers last season. I mean, saying they leaned on their tight ends more is another way of saying they kind of leaned on their wide receivers less than almost any other team ever. And then they didn't really add any wide receivers, hoped those guys would develop, and they kind of didn't. And I think that that's a huge reason. From a fantasy perspective, I'm no longer afraid of Lamar when I see his name on the other side of the yeah, that's of the, the matchup. I'm not afraid of him anymore. And, uh, the thing about Lamar that I I do believe is that like if shit hits the fan in a game and he's down 15, I don't think Lamar can go 35 for 50 for 412 yards. That has always been the problem with this Ravens team and it's bizarre because on one hand he's the unanimous MVP's 50 and 0 and I'm always uh, 50 and 0 like for votes for last season and I'm always torn between well he's 23, why are we judging him so hard for, and he's 20 what is he 25 and 5 now or whatever I forget what his exact record is. It's absurd. Versus, well, we should hold him to a high standard. He's a unanimous MVP. But he really has no comeback on his record, in part because the Ravens lose so often. And again, this is another example of what are we going to take a monsoon game and put it on his resume as a black mark? That's crazy. But at some point between the Titans' loss where he told Kevin Clark on Slow News Day that they underestimated him, the Chiefs game in Monday Night Football this season where they looked I, I, hapless. I I don't really use that word. Is very he often. the Clayton Kershaw of quarterbacks? <laughs> the narrative is getting there, Craig. No, because at least Kershaw can do it in the regular season. The narrative is getting there. I will say, I saw the stat from ESPN. He's twenty three. Is the caveat? He's oh, this. he's zero and five in games where the Ravens have trailed by ten points plus. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would guess that a lot of teams 
lose when they're down by 10 points. Yeah, but I bet you I'd, I'd, love, to know the, I'd love to know the numbers of teams yeah. led by MVP quarterbacks. I, this is going to be, this is, the point is, this is not fantasy related necessarily, but this is going to be a narrative that follows him around and he's got to turn it around. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's button this with a very important question. We have to burn somebody for this performance, if, if only to balance out <laughs> cosmically all the water. Someone's going in the burn book. It's either John Harbaugh or it's Lamar Jackson, or you can make the case for Greg Roman. I will say this about Lamar. He is younger than Joe Burrow, which we legally yeah. have to mention. Yeah. I think he can't. I, I think we. I'm not John putting Harbaugh. Lamar in. The, I'm not putting Lamar in the book. I'll put. No, he's someone's got to go in the book. We just talked about this for like ten minutes. I'll put John Harbaugh in. That's fine. I'd give it to Greg Roman. It, it's like put it put put them both in. Greg Roman is like if <laughs> Apple just came out with the same iPhone again the year later. They're like, there's nothing different. The iPhone 11 again. <laughs> Except this one, Mark Ingram's in shotgun. I like that. Or something. And no one bought it. Let's put let's put them both in. Also, J.K. Dobbins won't play until he drops the ball on the last play. God, yeah. Anyway, okay, there you go. So John Harbaugh's in the book. Can we have? Can we make and this Roman. a Spotify poll? Can people vote on Spotify? Which Raven should be in the book? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, Harbaugh or Roman? Should we throw in a fourth? Baker Steele Brown, the, the, or just the Ravens running backs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. If you're on Spotify, please vote in that poll. Who should be burned from the the Ravens? Okay. Top scores of the week. Winners of the week. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right. Top scores. QB1 was Tom Brady. QB2 was Kyler Murray. QB3 was Ben Roethlisberger. RB1 was Alvin Kamara. RB2 was Josh Jacobs. RB3 was Naheem Hines. Of course, obviously, right after. I oh, Just <laughs> unbelievable. Wide receiver one was <laughs> Cole Beasley. Holy Uncle cow. Cole. Unreal. Love it. Love it. Wide Craig receiver is living two was, his best life right now with Uncle Cole at the wide yeah. receiver one. Wide receiver two is Keelan Cole. Huge for Coles. Huge for us wow. in the 2018 wow. offseason between Cole Beasley and Keelan Cole. Wide receiver three was DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver four is Stephon Diggs. Heard they had a good game. Tight end one was Rob Gronkowski. Tight end two is Hunter Henry. Tight end three is Cameron Brait, which is hilarious because he's on the same team as Rob Gronkowski. And then the top defenses I have to mention are the Jaguars who played the Packers as 14-point underdogs. That's weird. The Saints, the Raiders, and then the fourth best defense was the Rams who were going against the Seahawks. So it's Again, like, holy weird. cow. Yeah. So with all of that, Michigan said, DK, who's your winner of the week? I mean, we can't talk about the week that was without Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, like back and forth, <laughs> both putting up game winners, like quote, quote unquote game winners. We all thought yeah. Stefan Diggs had pulled it off. You know, I think there, I don't even know how much time was left, like a minute left or something like that. Less. I think it was like 38 seconds. Or something. Yeah. Do you guys remember the, the shot that UConn hit at like almost half court to win yeah, the NCAA yeah. championship? Remember five seconds before that, when Marcus page hit a three pointer in the corner to give UNC the lead. Of course you don't, because everyone forgot about Marcus Page's insane shot before the UConn thing. And that, to me, is that Stefan Diggs in this game. This was one of the toughest backfires from a shit-talking perspective. Stefan Diggs was, like, so hyped up. He was, like, talking all this shit. Like, all of his teammates were like, this is why we brought you here. Like, this is why you're here. And he was, like, yelling at the camera on the sidelines. He was and so hyped. <laughs> I wish they should have troll. It's like Jeremy Shockey, like turns dude. turns to see the see what's happening. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But demeanor wise, <laughs> oh, it was shit. crazy because it was Hopkins, the Nick Young meme as a football game. But, like, yeah. but DeAndre Hopkins was the exact opposite. That was like the juxtaposition between the dudes. Diggs is losing it, like he's just like yeah, and then Hopkins 
tweets after the game, never panic, and is sitting there just laying with the ball. Like he's hyped, but it's not like he just did a hail mary. Like he's, he's a just, professional. He, you the know, press act like you've been conference there. is like, yeah, no, the three defenders had really good position, but you know, I just, you know, they were, I, I just caught the ball. Maybe he's learning from Larry Fitzgerald, who just scores and hands the ball to the ref, throws the ball <laughs> to the ref, and runs to the sideline and says, "Thank you, sir," and then walks away. He just oh expected to do it. DK, I think the real your real winner should be April seventeenth, twenty twenty, which is the day that Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins were traded to the Cardinals and the Bills. They were traded on March sixteenth. This is April seventeenth on Google here. I I'm almost I would bet like of so much money it was March sixteenth. Oh wait, you're right. No, the reason I knew that is because that's the day that, I mean, this is depressing reason, but that's when pandemic went out of control in America was oh. while everyone was, the world is spiraling and everything's shutting down. I was writing about the DeAndre Hopkins trade <laughs> and this, the bonding stuff as like the world is unraveling. So the date is very fresh in my mind. It's crazy that it's potentially the two best receivers in the wide, in, in the league. Well, they lead the league day. in receiving yards. I mean, I believe Diggs is one now, and I think Hopkins is two now. And then yeah, Diggs leads league in catches by like a pretty healthy amount. So I guess that was like that was kind of the thing I was going to ask is like, are these the two best receivers in the NFL currently? Because we talked about DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. I think both of those guys proved this week and other weeks that like they're they're right on the cusp. But they're not quite there. They're not like necessarily the elite elite of the of the NFL. I would put. Diggs, Hopkins, uh, and then I would add Devontae Adams into the elite tier. And then just below... I think Tyree Kill's there, too. Yeah, I was going to say, just below or right there is Tyree Kill. And then below that, probably A-Rob. And I think, like, Julio is still fantasy or, like, my real life, like, I need to win a game? Real life, I want, I need to win a game. Because the crazy thing about this conversation is, like, obviously Julio's in that tier, except for the fact that he can't score touchdowns, which at some point has to be the merit. <laughs> like, he right, is a universally right. respected player. He might be the most respected non-quarterback among players in the NFL. But at some point, the red zone stuff is, like, you have to count it against him, don't you? Fantasy he's been all right this year. He's got three touchdowns in seven games. It's not terrible. But I'm just saying, he's like a superstar yeah. receiver who, like, inside the 10-yard line is not, like, he's not a presence. At some point, that's bizarre. Yeah. The other thing to, that I think we need to talk about briefly before we move on is those two plays back-to-back -back was a great encapsulation of a big off-season narrative that we talked about, which was receivers moving teams are very risky in the fantasy world. And, and like history shows that like if you switch teams, you switch quarterbacks, especially in a year like this, I think the logic was these guys are going to struggle to get you know going early on. And Diggs and Hopkins have both just obliterated that narrative. I don't even know if it's going to be a narrative anymore. I mean, look, I, nobody pushed that narrative harder than me on this podcast or for the whole ringer than I did. I, well, to I be honest, Hype, believed... it was a safe narrative to push. It was yeah, a safe <laughs> yeah. side to back, especially with COVID. Yeah, middle, it, it, it's like, as a general rule, you look at the history of like receivers and new teams, it's not great. They have less practice time than ever. Why is it going to change? But now it's completely different. I, I'm happy to take that L because you look forward. Well, if Hopkins and Diggs can do that on this offseason, then why can't people do it in the going forward? I think that the yeah. key, though, is going to be to remember that when they traded for these guys, they I'm hesitant to say built their offense around Hopkins, but at least the Bills, the Bills designed their passing game with Diggs in mind. And I think the Arizona, at the very least, Kyler's kind of looking at Hopkins a lot. I think that's important to remember. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of ready to pronounce the 
the trepidation over receiver switching teams is kind of dead for me. I don't know how I could stand behind that again. I still can't believe that Diggs was like a fifth round pick. How the hell did that happen? I will say, just to put a button on or to put a bow on this, like the lesson here is that don't necessarily be afraid about receiver switching teams, but also these are two of like the best receivers in the NFL. And we should have we should have known that they were just gonna continue to be awesome. My lesson <laughs> is I'm gonna I'm not gonna be so cavalier about betting against talent in the future. I think that that's my thing. Like I just Deion Hopkins is really good. Okay. Uh my right, who's your week, winner? Dude, randos, specifically rando running backs. Holy mm. crap. If you just yeah. look at like the scoring leaders for this week at the running back position, I mean you can sort it however you want, but the way I the, the one I looked at that was nuts is seven of the top 16 running backs this week. I mean so far it's Sunday night. Seven of the top 16 were not started in like 85% of ESPN leaks. <laughs> yeah, go through the list. The list is it's insane. So you got Naheem Hines on Thursday Night Football, who, I mean, I loved all offseason. I loved. He's blown up a couple times, but n- Dude, he looks never good. in any of lineup. He looks legitimately lineup. good. But he looks like the best running back. I know I'm absurdly yeah. biased here, but, but anyway, right. he, he blew up. Devontae Booker, the backup for Josh Jacobs in this game, got he, he's rostered in like a percent of leagues, barely, got two touchdowns. Rex Burkhead scored. Wayne Gallman is unbelievable. Malcolm Brown, J.D. McKissick, Salvin um, Ahmed? For the Dolphins, Achmed. who I believe made his NFL debut. Yeah. Kalen Balaj and Boston Scott. Boston Scott, even though Miles Sanders returned, all of those guys ended up being top 20 running backs, top 8, 17, apparently. And so we talked the other day about fantasy entropy, like fantasy points that go to complete waste because they're not in anyone's lineup. <laughs> this yeah. was a crazy week for it because not only was it running backs, it was tight ends was even worse. Half of the top 12 tight ends as of Sunday night, half of the top 12, we're not started in 1% of ESPN leaks. <laughs> 1%. I'm talking about Cameron Brait, Pharaoh Brown, who I've never heard of, Richard Rogers, Durham Smythe, who I can actually say I have never heard that name until he caught that touchdown. <laughs> Colin Thompson, who I believe his first NFL touch was a touchdown, and Dan Arnold. All were top 12 tight ends. Without looking at this doc before we started, my, my original thought of like what a topic, a headline should be, maybe my winner was exactly what you did. I it's like you you basically read my mind. Like it's the randos. I don't know if it's just we feel this way every year at week 10 because there's a lot of injuries <laughs> and there's a lot of like change. But this feels kind of egregious how crazy the running back specifically and tight end landscapes are. And just like how much of a crapshoot it is. Like are, are they spreading the ball around more? Like I don't feel like I should spend a draft pick on anybody except good QBs and good wide receivers at this point. It should be just zero fantasy. Like that instead of zero running back, we should just like zero <laughs> position. Just, just don't, don't draft do, yeah. anyone. Just give yeah. me 60 bench. Don't spots. play fantasy. Go hang out with your family. Yeah. <laughs> go outside while you can. <laughs> no, but really though, DK, why why am I reading about Durham Smythe and um Sa- like, like Kalen Balage and Rex Burkett? Oh what, what's going on? Our coaches learn Learning that like like players don't matter and you can interchange them and you want to keep people healthy, don't overuse anybody. What are we doing here? I have a theory here, but I want to hear DK. I was just gonna say it speaks to the fragility of the running back position, right? Like it, they're taking crazy amounts of hits, they're running headlong into people at full speed. You're gonna expect guys to get hurt. The the purveyors of the zero RB strategy are probably just loving this right now because you get guys like James Robinson who's just blowing up. He was undrafted. You got JD McKissick all of a yeah. sudden is getting 15 targets a week. He had 11 at half. half. 
Yeah. Well, Kev, yeah. Craig and, so, and I are on the same page today. <laughs> so anyways, I think this is just like the perfect in- encapsulation of that and why people love it. You try to weigh here, like your value when you're drafting and it's like, I could draft James Conner in the third or the fourth or whatever and like hope that maybe he becomes the next McCaffrey type. And then, you know, you, you get him the year before he's a top three pick in the draft, but you have to spend a third round pick on him. And there's a bunch of guys like that right across the board. Your Kenyon Drake's, your Miles Sanders, all that crap. Or you just don't do that. You draft a receiver who you know will be solid, and then you just wait and like bounce around and grab these fuckers and get yeah. JD McKissick to get you ten PPR points a game because James Conner's <laughs> not doing it half the time anyway. Speaking of McKissick, can we can we we'll get to James Conner? Speaking of McKissick, we're going to argue about this all off season. Let let me be very clear. When I say that PPR is bullshit, I'm specifically talking about JD McKissick this week <laughs> because I looked up at the 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 box score. I saw he had eleven points, mm-hmm. and I looked at his box score, and he had. Four carries for negative four yards. And then he had like eight catches for, or six catches at the time, I think, for like 38 yards. So in my math, in my head, I did the math and I was like, okay, so he's got 34 yards and like 11 fantasy points. And a touchdown. Uh, The touchdown came after I saw this. This is very important. The point was at the time, he had 11 points in 34 yards. And I was like, why are we doing it this way? This doesn't make any sense. Like, we have stretched the boundaries of what is even a little logical. Why are we at the point where we are beholden to J.D. McKissick catching five checkdowns for no yardage to be worth something? Because we love the zero RV strategy. It's inflation. And you know what happens (laughs) to inflation? Eventually, everything becomes meaningless. I don't know. I feel like you need to let this. Uh, you need to let it go. It's the, the PPR you need to let is JD McKissick go. Hi, if it's <laughs> shitty screens to JD McKissick that like earn him like empty calorie fantasy points is no different to me than just like bringing in Gus Edwards for like a one yard punch in touchdown. Like, is that really that much harder? Yeah, than one of them's a, a touchdown. I don't one know. Of them it's like points a, for his team, which is the goal of organized sporting competition. Catching a three yard pass is just as hard as running a one yard touchdown. I but, don't know. But it's about what. It correlates to the value of the game we're watching touchdowns we all the we all agreed before we went out between the lines that like the touchdowns are worth points and like will contribute to winning the game which is ostensibly what fantasy football is supposed to mirror not like catching a ball that has no intrinsic value if you're worried about points why aren't you pro kickers then why shouldn't kickers be on fantasy teams why don't quarterbacks punters fine punter net yardage everything fine i don't care i'm just saying PPR is out of control. That's all I'm saying. I would like to go on the record and reiterate something that I've said many times on this podcast. I literally couldn't care less. <laughs> Good. I, I just could not care less about in the that. Same way. Craig, who's your winner of the week? Honestly, what you your idea was what I had. So I had to kind of go back and look and, and kind of really think about like, oh, well, you know, who won the week to me? If you just look at the box score going through stuff, it's the Bucks <laughs> offense, right? They scored zero points against. The Saints and were awful. This week, they had six guys score double-digit points, which is pretty crazy. Freaking Ronald Jones. What the hell? Brady at 31. Jones, 24. Mike Evans at 16. Godwin, 12. Antonio Brown, 10. Gronk, 12. Brate, 10. Also, I wanted to go back and talk about when we went through the top scorers and the tight end one was Gronk and the tight end three was Brate. Just to show how shitty tight end has been, Gronk had 12 and Kevin yeah. Brate had 10. <laughs> and they made and the top three. Time. Wasn't that like the Wasn't last Wasn't it like three tight scored? ends scored double digits? It's embarrassing. Yeah, because Braid had 10.2 and was the third guy. Yikes. But yeah. just in general, across the board, I mean, 
Brady's probably right around a top five QB now after this week. And um, they have, the rest of their season is not bad. They play the Rams next week, which is tough. But then they have Chiefs, Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons. Shout like, out to Jenna Lane, the Bucks reporter at ESPN who predicted, not the score exactly, but she basically predicted that this would happen. I think she got the amount of touchdowns right, that the Bucks would score is pretty impressive. The Bucks could quietly go on like a pretty big run and end the season with all of us going like, yeah, they might be the most potent, one of the most potent offenses in the league. And all these guys could like, like at the end of this year for fantasy, we could look back on all these players years and they might not look as big of bus as they did a couple weeks ago. And if that wasn't enough of a roller coaster, Ronald Jones fumbled like very early in this game. And, I, and Bruce Arians <laughs> is like, you know what? I'm good with this now. I listen to the fantasy show. I don't think I should be that harsh on fumbles. That Craig guy convinced me. He said I was dumb. <laughs> it's stupid. I was to like, you know what, Craig? Yeah. You're right. He's like, I wanted to go on flying coach. They didn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's I could see that have happened. Like him, I think he, he and Carroll had like a he and Carroll had a good rivalry back when he was in the NFC West. All right. Well, the fumble and then the 98 yard rumble added a little excitement to our lives. And then if you want to add more excitement to your sports watching experience, you could do it by betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook this football season. There is a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlays and exclusive always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And if you win, they even get you your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. And right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back if you don't win your first bet. Seriously, there's no strings attached. Just place any bet you want, and if you win, you keep the cash. And if you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. My favorite bet is Dolphins to make the playoffs. You would have had better odds if you had done it before the weekend, like Warren Sharp told you to do on the Ringer NFL show, but it's okay because you can still go do it. And don't forget to check out the same game parlays for any of those games. And if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with the promo code RINGERFANTASY so they know that we sent you. Again, that is FanDuel Sportsbook promo code RINGERFANTASY. Must be 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Iowa, or Tennessee. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Illinois. And the Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right, let's get into the Ringer Burn book, the Adam Gase Memorial Burn book. Just to recap, we've got Gase, Daniel Jones, Jack Doyle, AJ Green, Scotty Miller, Mo Cox, Trey Burton, the entire city of Indianapolis, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Gallup, Marquise <laughs> Brown, <laughs> a lot of Indianapolis, Baltimore in here. We just added... Well, we'll see who the poll gets for Spotify. Don't forget to vote in the poll. Anyone else you guys want to add to the burn book this week? I'm putting in Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> more <Yeah>. Colts. <laughs> so more Indianapolis. We're just, just out on the, on the entire Colts offense. 
He's got to be in it. I mean, he does. He's, he's he is burning people as bad as anybody has this year. As we like get closer and closer to fantasy playoffs, Jonathan Taylor is getting worse and worse. The weirdest thing about him, he's a rookie, right? Like it, it, usually the way it goes is you get better as the season goes on. Week yeah. two this year, Jonathan Taylor had twenty six carries for one hundred one yards and a touchdown, <laughs> and last week he had seven carries for twelve yards. <laughs> he is going backward. He is going backwards, and. I think part of being in the burn book, I, you know, it may sound like the burn book means it's somebody you don't start, but that is not what that means. The reason the burn book exists is because they're the players that you struggle with every week and you start them and they burn you. Mm. And so I'm still probably going to start Jonathan Taylor for the next couple of weeks. However, he's in the burn book and it, it's now on me. It is on you. I just pictured you like the memento guy who just how you just have like star Jonathan Taylor like tattooed on your chest and you keep forgetting right. every week that he just hurts so much. Craig, yeah. perfect example of this. AJ Green is in our burn book. Correct. I, I started AJ Green in a league this week because I'm a freaking donkey <laughs> and then he scored zero points. <laughs> but you, we put AJ Green in the burn book or whatever in like week five when he had like no catches one game but then like there was like a few weeks span where he kind of resurged and was really good and like this is what people in the burn book do it doesn't mean they suck because then we would just be like yeah jordan howard you're in the burn book but it's people who go up and down and screw with you and on a psychological level they they just so they the colts and the brain. ravens that's what we've decided basically are the people yeah, who do the, that to us the colts and the Plus ravens AJ have Green. set up a tent in our brains and we we can't get them out no they're like the halloween <laughs> stores they rent the space every like september and october <laughs> <laughs> but then they're gone for like the next eight months. All right. So there you go. Jonathan Taylor, you're in the bird book. And I also I'm putting James Conner on burn notice. Shout out Michael Weston. Mm. James Conner. Mm. We're not going to do it yet. But if James Conner has another bad week, he's a he's officially on burn notice. I'm putting him Playing on the Jags notice. next week. We'll see if they can't do the Jags. He's he's burned. He's done for me. Okay. Waiver wire time. Yeah. Some injury stuff. So again, we're doing this on Sunday night. So we don't have like official updates on all the injuries. So obviously like, Double, triple, quadruple check all this stuff. But Drew Brees, this was the biggest one of the day, left with a, a Saints like I'm just, a, a Saints quarterback. He had like a ribs injury. Apparently he told Sean Payton at halftime he wasn't good to go for the second half. Sean Payton said that hadn't happened in like the 15 years he'd known him. So whatever the hell's going on there, we don't know the exact extent of it. He, you know, obviously we'll learn more Monday and Tuesday. Jameis Winston replaced him. You could say the he looked worse than Breeze, but the offense looked better. I don't know how you want to characterize that, but that's something to keep an eye on. The other one's Teddy Bridgewater. who used to be Drew Breeze's backup. He's getting an MRI tomorrow for his knee. It looked not great, especially considering his history. His history. And then Matt Stafford for the Lions, and he's getting x-rays on his thumb after the game. Make sure to follow up on that. And then the only real big injury of... I mean, not even a big injury, but like Jamichael Hasty broke his collarbone in the yeah. Niners. That's kind of it, right? Like, like there were people... like who were in and out of games all day. Devontae Adams kind of came in and out, but for the most part, I think not that bad compared to other weeks. Relatively light on the injuries other than those three quarterback ones are the main ones. I mean, Hasty would have been in more a, a bigger deal. I think that Mostert's going to come back pretty soon, though, so yeah. I don't know if there's a lot really okay. to worry about there for the 49ers. With that said, for streams and stashes for running, let's start with the running backs. For by this week is the Niners, the Giants, the Bears, the Bills, so... Running backs, let's just go into it right now. Yeah. Who do you like at running backs, DK? So there's quite a few guys on this list, in fact. So I'm just going to kind of roll through them, and then we can talk. We can decide sort of like where we want to rank these guys. Wayne Gallman for the Giants, who is still out there. 
in 50% of Yahoo leagues coming into this week. He scored another two touchdowns on Sunday. That yes, has, he did. That's given him five touchdowns in the last four games. Keep in mind, the Giants are going into a bye week this week, so he's not going to help you out this week, clearly. And then at, the, at some point, Devontae Freeman is going to come back, and, and Gallman's value is going to plummet, but we just don't exactly know when that is going to be. So keep him on your list. If if you don't need help this week, but you do want to have like a guy that could maybe plug in down the stretch, he's an option. Naheem Hines with the Colts, 40% owned in Yahoo Leagues. At this point, he feels like a must-add just because, you know, if they're going to continue to ride the hot hand approach. Um, the only Colt not to burn somebody. He looks like <laughs> yeah. the best. I mean, watching the game, the team, he's the best running back on the team. He's explosive. He's explosive. Yeah, he he's dynamic. He's good in the passing game. He's even getting you know touches inside the red zone. So yeah, I mean he's a must. He's a must add. It's it's a pain in the ass and a headache to like deal with the Colts running back rotation. But I mean he's going to get you these big weeks like he did this last week. Uh, Savan Ahmed from the Dolphins, who kind of came out of nowhere, like he, relative unknown. He, had, he came in and had 20. He basically took over for Miles Gaskin, like full on 21 carries, 85 yards, a touchdown, added a catch for five yards. Interestingly enough, these are both Gaskin. Gaskin has missed two weeks in a row now, but Howard was a, a healthy scratch again. And Ahmed kind of just came out of nowhere and was the guy. So he, he and Gaskin are both former UW Husky running backs. So, you know, Chan Gailey just loves these guys coming out of Washington. So who knows why? I just love Husky um, dogs. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Anyway, Ahmed, he looked good. He legit looked pretty good. He was like explosive. Um, he's a rookie. He was undrafted. Kind of bounced around a little bit. Landed with the Dolphins. Anyways, I think he's definitely worth a touch or worth a worth an ad because he's going to get the touches in that offense. And then we know that Gaskin can't come off the IR for at least one more week. So that's like the key thing here. At least one more week, he's looking like he's going to be the guy in Miami. Um, Kalen Balaj for the Chargers, 19% owned for Yahoo. Balaj is exactly what I thought Troy Mann Pope was going to be this week. For some reason, they just went back to Balaj <laughs> instead. Um, was their lead guy, 18 carries, 68 yards, added five catches for 34 yards. At this point, it's looking like he's sort of like the lead guy in the rotation right now with um, – you know, Josh Kelly and maybe Pope getting rotated in. Justin Jackson's hurt. I, the other guy to kind of keep in mind on the stretch is Cam Akers. He actually led the Rams in carries this week against Seattle with 10. He only gained 38 yards, and Malcolm Brown vultured two two touchdowns. But, like, if you're looking for a stash, this is a stash. I would not necessarily stream this guy, but... Again, he got the first carry of the game for the Rams. Yeah. I don't know, like... This is a disaster in terms of like trying to figure out who's going to get the most carries and who's going to get the most points because, you know, they've got Henderson, they've got Akers, and they've got Malcolm Brown vulturing all these touchdowns. So you just never really know what to do with it. But I mean, they drafted this guy in the second round. That's like the only thing that's keeping me interested in it. They drafted well, it's like, this guy. Don't you in the have round. to at some point figure out if he's good? No, I think that look, Craig always talks about sometimes there's fantasy empty calories and that you want the nutrition and by the goal lines. I think actually a lot of these three teams actually have something in common. The, the rookies are these rookies that we're t discussing are not trusted by the goal line. Cam Akers, I don't think is getting the ball by the goal line. The Colts clearly don't trust Jonathan Taylor to not fumble the goal line at the end of the game. The fact that he didn't get the ball late in that Titans game proved that to me that they don't trust him in important situations. And uh, I also don't think the Chargers trust Joshua Kelly. It seems in goal situations, like he, yeah. he has such fluctuating usage that he's clearly an exciting back, 
But obviously, Anthony Lynn, who's the running backs coach by trade, does not fully trust Josh Kelly with the job that now they've Kalen Balaj and Troy Main Pope are just coming out there and like having great days. If Josh Kelly, they trusted him. So I think Kalen Balaj is a solid ad. I don't like Cam Akers for that reason. And I like Hines. And I also think it's interesting that the Dolphins are kind of the flip side of this. They don't really rotate at the goal line at all. They give Miles Gaskin the ball. Every goal line carry, they don't really rotate him out. And now that they trust uh, Ahmed, he seems to be getting the guy. So, yeah, I, I think if you're chasing goal line carries, I would stay away from Acres. If you need someone for this week, I think Ahmed is actually like kind of like a decent. So, so how would you rank these? And then the other person I would add is Devonte Booker, who's emerged as Josh Jacobs' backup. He's he's had two or three touchdowns in the last two games. I don't know if necessarily. This is indicative of what he's going to be doing going forward. He's almost but, like the garbage time runner that's getting a lot of points. Yeah. So I think if I was going to rank these, and you guys can tell me how you feel about this, I think I would say Heinz one, Ahmed two, oh, Balaj wow. three, and then Gallman since he's on bye. The only reason I'm not putting Gallman higher is because he's coming off or he's going into the bye, and then like from there, Booker's Booker and Acres. But well, is this your week eleven ranking or is yeah, it your rest of season ranking? I think for both, honestly, I, I'm worried about Gallman just because at some point, isn't what Heifetz? What is what is going on with Freeman? So, the, he's so on the here's IR. the thing. So Wayne Gallman. So here's the, the the main point with the Giants is that they're blocking really well now. Like it's important to note that they have a bad line, but they're playing really well the last few weeks, and it's because they're blocking well, and that. Div- Wayne Gallman's producing in part because of that and because Devontae Freeman got hurt. Freeman is not going to come back until at the earliest week 13 against the Seahawks. So at a minimum, and even if he comes back, I'm kind of dubious that, I mean, that's an early time frame. I'm kind of dubious he would take the job in one fell swoop immediately. So I think at the very least, if you pick up Gallman, what you're going to get is you're going to get a bye week and then the Giants come off their bye and they have a pretty decent two weeks because they play the Bengals coming out of that bye and then they play the Seahawks. They're both on the road, but like whatever. That's still too, and the Seahawks. I know like they have a better, or sorry, a worse pass defense than run defense. But it's like whatever. They're going to be scoring. They're going to have goal line opportunities. Like you get Gallman's yeah. touchdown guy. Doesn't Gallman have? What did you say to me earlier today? You gave me like a stroke. You said that Wayne Gallman's the running back three over the last three weeks, only behind Dalvin Cook and Kamara. I saw that. I saw that stat from Ryan McDowell who posted that. He's like over the last month. Gallman is the RB3. Yeah, we're kind of burying the lead here. Like, obviously, if that's true, Wayne Gallman is the person to pick up. Like, if Do you, you think t- he's going to keep getting one or two touchdowns every game, though, is the question. Well, he had five in the last four games. Like, he's the, how much better are you going to get than, like, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Wayne Gallman? Like, obviously, pick him up. <laughs> if you don't need someone for this week, he's on bye, so he's not going to help you this week. But the Bengals and the Seahawks are two really good opportunities to get a touchdown. Yeah, at a certain point, it's the Aaron Jones theory. It's like, oh, well, he's got five touchdowns in five weeks. Is that going to continue? It's like, well, after week three, you would have said that, and he did it for two more. Like, at a certain point, he scores touchdowns. You might want him. All right, so let's put these in order then. Let's do an official podcast. If you need someone for this week, it's not Gallman. But if I'm picking, like, I need to make the playoffs and I need to win, then it's Gallman for me is number one. So Hines for this week, the 1A. Yeah. Gallman for the rest of season, 1B. And then for me, it would be... That's that's the top tier or Balaj and Ahmed. Yes. Balaj and Ahmed are like the band-aids weekly fill, and I need someone for this week because, I mean, well, honestly, with the teams on by this week, I don't really know who you would need because you you're not filling in. If you have David Montgomery or Devin Singletary, you probably aren't even playing them anyway because they suck. If you have the, if you have like the space on your roster and you can wait a little bit, is there any Niners running back that's hurt that you would add? Would you add Tevin Coleman now that Hasty's out <sighs> for a while? Like, Would you do any like of that? Or no? 
Is, uh, is it only is Mostert the only guy? Or? I I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. No. Okay. Coleman's usage is sneakily as strange as like any NFL player over the last three or four years. It is inexplicable. <laughs> like the more you learn about it, the more confusing it gets. Shanahan loves him for some reason. Yes, yeah. but I'm just it is it is inexplicable how that man is used on a football field. Uh it's it's just I, I so sure if you want to It's like how James Jones was on every LeBron James team for like nine years. <laughs> yeah, like what, clue what happened with James? He, he never plays. Why is he getting traded with LeBron? Eventually Tevin Coleman will be like be a GM and just like trade Kyle Shannon someone useful. Like, hey dude, I'm gonna do you a solid, man. This episode is brought to you by Viore. If you're sick and tired of your old traditional workout gear, then I have two words that will change everything. Viore clothing. This line of active wear is truly unbelievable. And here's why. Look, you've seen me. You've seen the shorts I do on YouTube. I walk around. I do stuff. I listen to podcasts when I walk. I make calls when I walk. I like to wear comfortable workout equipment, you know, like nothing nuts. Just like a really nice pullover, comfortable pants to walk around. Viore is designed to work out in whatever you're doing, but it doesn't look or feel like you're working out at all. It's so freaking soft and comfortable, you'll never want to take it off. And here's the best part. You don't have to take it off. Wear Viore clothing to train, travel, or lounge around the house. I do a lot of lounge around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash ringer. V-U-O-R-I dot com. Slash ringer. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. All right, let me. You want me to roll through the receivers real fast here? Yeah. All right. If Corey Davis is still out there, go get him. He had a, he had a goose egg last week, but came back had a good good week this week. He's just getting the volume. Like he's he's a big part of this passing offense. I think he's worth. You got to have him on your team at this point. Uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling for the Packers. He's only rostered in seventeen percent of leagues. Had a very big week this week. Uh, six targets, four catches, one hundred forty nine yards, and a touchdown. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily trustworthy. We'll get into the rankings here. I'm still a little dubious about this guy, but you can't really argue with the production the last two weeks. He had 18.3 points last week. Um, he's a big, big play threat. Always could kind of like has a chance to take it to the house. Michael Pittman and the Colts, who I know that we just got done talking about how every single one of the freaking Colts players is in the burn book, except for Naheem Hines. <laughs> I think Pittman has a chance to be pretty good down the stretch here. Yeah, sure. He's the guy we're, we're going to get tricked on dude. next. It's like how Regina George <laughs> is like thought those protein bars she was eating were going to help her. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's like for the rest of LME's like, no, I mean, these people delude themselves into thinking that they can be the ones to figure it out and, and get back together and, and, you know, get along. And then, like, you know, I'm talking about Tobias Funke. And then his wife is like, do you think we can do that? He goes, I think we might, but <laughs> I think we just might have what it takes. Uh, anyways, I butchered that. But Michael Pittman from the Colts, <laughs> seven targets uh, in two-plus games, seven-plus targets. Uh, he looked pretty good. Seven catches, 101 yards on Thursday Night Football. Jalen Rager for the Eagles, who has now led the team in targets last two, weeks, two last two weeks at receiver position. You know, the, the Eagles 
passing offense is pretty hit or miss, obviously. But, you know, Rager's a guy that has a lot of talent. It was their first-round pick. Leading the team. He had seven targets, was team high at receiver. <laughs> or uh, It was a team, a team high period. He also led the receivers in catches, yards, and snaps. Uh, so he had four catches in 47 That's yards. That's called so the that Denzel Mims. Yeah, it's a, there's a little bit of mimsiness going on right now. When you lead but, the league and receive, when you lead your team in receiving yards in a game, but you have less than less than fifty, that's called the Denzel Mims. But I mean, at the same time, look at what Travis Fulgham did last month. Any pub is good pub for Mims. Look at what <laughs> Fulgham did last month. If if would you be that shocked if like a month from now we're talking about Rager like doing what Fulgham just did? No, I wouldn't. I be mean, shocked. by definition, it's impossible. Is it? Yes, because I've heard of Jalen Rager before. <laughs> Never heard of Travis uh, okay. Fulgham in like as of August. All right, moving down the line, Jacoby Myers for the Patriots, rostered in 48% of Yahoo leagues. He's had an absolutely absurd target rate uh, in the last few weeks, last month or so. Um, he had five catches, 59 yards last night, or tonight, I should say, against the Ravens. You know, going back to last week, 14 targets, 12 catches, under 69 yards. He's like the number one receiver in this offense right now, and maybe the only receiver. That barely, yeah, that doesn't scratch the surface. Tonight, like, he's the only receiver who got a target. Like, they didn't throw the, <laughs> like, he didn't, no one else caught the ball. It was just running backs and, like, the last tight end they have left. Cam he's the only him. wide receiver. Yeah. Before this, before tonight's game, he had the six most targets in the NFL over the past three weeks. Yeah, He's the Wayne Gallman of receivers. Except he doesn't score touchdowns. Yeah, and I think that's going to continue. Like, I think he's going to continue to get the vast majority of the targets for the receivers. So I like him a lot, actually. Um, a few more just to throw in. Cole Beasley, obviously. But we've been telling you to pick up Cole Beasley for for months now, for years. Uh, Jakeem Grant for the Dolphins. With Preston Williams on IR, he you know picked up some, some playing time, picked up some targets, five targets, four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. He had five targets last week, too. KJ Hamler now has 10 targets in two consecutive weeks for the Broncos. I think he's running most of his routes out of the slot. He's kind of like that inside guy. He's got a lot of speed. Drew Locke seems to really trust him. He's looking to him a lot. Also, Locke sucks, so he has to check down quite a bit. The garbage time narrative didn't really pan out today, unfortunately, for Locke. Mm -mm. But uh, yeah, and then a few other options I guess you could throw in here. Keelan Cole for the Jaguars had a pretty good game. Josh Reynolds for the Rams. There's a lot of receivers on the wire this week. I think that you could go for. If you could only put in like three bids, who would you who would you mm. want to actually have on your team? And let's not count Corey Davis. Yeah, Corey. Da we're assuming Corey Davis is not available in your league. I would say, shoot, I would say Cole Beasley since John Brown looks like he might miss time. Uh, let me let me put my top three would be Beasley Myers. So Marquez Valdez Scanling is fool's gold. You would not chase fool's cheese. You would not chase his big day. <laughs> Craig, your guy is yes, Alan Lazard. Especially with Lazard back. coming back. Yeah. Myers is the, if those guys don't make it, if everyone you just said is out, then I think Myers and Hamler are the interesting ones to me. I'm not chasing Jakeem Grant. I'm a little afraid of the, like, I like Tua. I'm afraid of Jakeem Grant burning me. Should we Agree. talk Agree. about tight end or should we just like hold a moment of silence for the position of tight end? I was trying to put together the, I was trying to put together the list of guys to stream at tight end for next week. And I was just like, what are we doing here? We're not pretending. We're not going to pretend to know. Like, we're not going to pretend there were two people in the top 10 who, like, caught their first freaking pass for a touchdown. I mean, you're looking at, like, legitimately guys that get, like, four or five targets. Like, three or four targets are, like, the top options. You're <laughs> right. Like, that's a sweet deal now if it's, like, you can guarantee four. four targets for your tight Noah end. Fan, TJ Hawkinson, Jared Cook, and Evan Ingram combined for, like, nine and a half points today. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, I was trying to think of other guys to add besides the two we have, which is Logan Thomas and uh, Tyler Higby. And I was like, oh, you know, let's see what Brait's done this year. Let's look at his numbers. Like, I can't recommend him to people. Like, he's he's had one game over 40 yards. He's pretty. He's had one catch in three of his last six games. Like, it's pretty bleak. There's not many people to recommend. We I would guess you literally can give him a be lying if we said we had a recommendation <laughs> beyond Tyler Higby <laughs> and Logan Thomas. We would be making shit up. Here's the one thing I'm going to say, and it fills me with self-loathing to say this, wow. but Taysom Hill is a tight end in ESPN. Oh, my. Oh, God. No, you guys, if Drew Brees here. is out, if Drew Brees is out, oh. you can play <laughs> him at tight God. end. All right, yeah. Actually, oh, that's actually, yeah, this is what you've been waiting for, isn't it? Okay, it's not the worst <laughs> No, idea, I told you, I'm I'm filled with self-hatred right now. I, I, hate I that That's I'm actually, if Brees it. misses time, you're actually not wrong. DK hired the Chargers doctor to stab Drew Brees in the ribs. <laughs> the other one I want to throw out there, actually, since you're a Seahawks fan, DK, the person who, like, I, I I don't think anyone gets their name said on a broadcast more without being relevant at all is Greg Olson. Greg mm. Olson has so many, like, red zone targets or near targets that don't get caught that eventually he's going to have a two-touchdown game and we'll be like, oh, there it is. So if you're going to throw a dart, I would actually pick Greg Olson solely because it eventually it'll happen. <laughs> That's where we are. He had four targets, two catches for 33 yards this, this week. <laughs> Honestly, and he's old and like... Oh, my God. A month ago, we were like, don't play Taysom Hill. And now we're like, honestly, like, fuck it. Like, I, we don't know. It's <laughs> screw it. I mean, you can't do much worse. Let's be honest. Quarterback, quarterback, it's not a big streaming week because, I mean, the bye weeks are like Niners, Giants, Bears, Bills. You're only playing Josh Allen out of those. But if you need a streamer for Allen or, you know, your guy got hurt... Honestly, Derek Carr, the Raiders are playing the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. I feel like that could be a shootout. And then Cam Newton at Houston. The, purely looking at like bad defenses, Cam Newton at Houston, Kirk Cousins versus Dallas. And I would throw in Tua Tungavailoa at Denver, even though Denver's defense is probably the best of that group. But I think Tua looked really sharp today and, you know, just has the potential to be pretty, pretty good for the rest of the season. So those are the three that I'd throw out. But I think, yeah, Carr is another good one. Jameis Winston, if he ends up getting the start. Why not? Winston was the QB three last year. People forget. Absolutely, Jameis Winston. <laughs> because it's fun, first of all. Let's do like let's be honest. We play we play fantasy football for fun, also maybe for money. But Jameis Winston is the fun like the most fun quarterback to have on your team. Jameis, I mean, Jameis might not give Drew Brees the job back if they play. <laughs> So I'm just, do I'm we just think? Do we? I love where we're all at right quick. now. Do you think that we're? Do you think that Breeze is going to play next week? It didn't I don't really seem know. like it's it. Sunday night. He just got hurt. Let's get the MRI come back. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'll say this: we have two yeah, more episodes right. till then. You're right. There's a long time, <laughs> but I was. I, I saw this from the long time uh, Saints beat reporter Jeff Duncan on Twitter. He said, "I've read Drew Breeze's body language and speech inflection for 15 years, and I don't recall him ever sounding like this. The concern was evident in his tone and demeanor. It speaks to his leadership and professionalism that he took the time to address the media after being injured. That sounds like he's retiring. Like that sounds like he's done forever. Grab the Bucks to win the NFC South right now if you can." <laughs> No, you want to wait till the Saints odds crater and then buy the Saints because everyone's going to forget that the Saints will be better with Jameis Winston. Oh, interesting. Mm. Anyway, yeah, there's yeah, there's some advice. Probably don't follow that. But you can do it on FanDuel Sportsbook. Okay, <laughs> let's get the hell probably out of here. Anyone you guys want people to cut or should we just get out of here? I think you should. I'm just going to be quick. I think it's time to cut rugs. I know he's like a sexy guy the to Henry have on your bench. Yeah, he's just not doing it for the Raiders. He's never had more than three catches in a game this year. They just don't. Throw to him. 
get him off your bench. I don't think it's worth it. Maybe he'll have like one. He'll probably have a 50-yard touchdown next week because I said this, but I don't think he's worth having. I'd rather have Michael Pittman or Jalen Rager or Jacoby Myers than him. I think you should yep. stream Henry Ruggs this week just because Craig's like guaranteed Reverse that he will not be wrong about this. Yeah. Okay, let's get the hell out of here. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. <sighs> Whatever the opposite is of thank you to like the city of Indianapolis. Just <laughs> I don't know what we did to you, but my God, awful. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.